Welcome to the Life Success Legacy Podcast. My name is Chris Bay and I'm joined today with the founder of Life Success and Legacy, Mike Everett. Hey Mike, uh, one of the other questions that we, we run into amongst the variety of questions that are out there um, has to do with, okay, if this, once people get to the idea where they're like, this really makes sense, why would not why would everyone not be doing this, right? Then they start thinking, well, what if everyone started doing it? Could the life insurance companies handle that? Is it financially sustainable if everyone started doing this? So what I'd like for you to do is talk a little bit about um, how insurance companies, how they design this, the, the, the work that they do, the actuaries do, the engineers of the life insurance companies, and how it truly is sustainable. Well, first of all, uh, life insurance actuaries work with 10 million selected lives. That means that they know how many people are going to die every year, regardless of what's going on. And they can do this very, very accurately, number one. Number two, um, I guess I start to think about whole life insurance in the term of IBC because most people, when they go to buy life insurance, what do they buy? They buy term insurance. Mm -hmm. So it's really just a little tiny premium to get a great big death benefit. And that's the way 90% of the people out there are buying life insurance. So you have 10-ish percent that are out there buying whole life insurance, but they don't understand how the policy can be re-engineered so they can start utilizing their cash. Mm -hmm. So you think about it from a life insurance company standpoint, they're normally used to getting 300, 500, 1,000 or $2,000 for premium for term life insurance. And oh, by the way, term life insurance is one of their most profitable centers. So you think about it from a life insurance company standpoint and you said, is this sustainable? Right. If everybody starts doing it? Well, most of the people that we work with at least a great percentage, their premium amounts aren't two or three or four thousand dollars a year. They're five and ten and fifteen and twenty thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So from a life insurance company standpoint, do they want a little money sent to them or do they want a lot of money sent to them? The more the better. So part of the thing is we have to get people to understand that the whole life insurance company knows what they're doing when they're designing the policy. Hmm. So, so in our culture though, we, we always hear people talk about high risk investments. Uh, you want to get your money into higher risks, you know, because you get higher returns, greater returns, those kinds of things. Um, can you talk about the risk involved and in kind of the investment thing? Because life insurance companies are doing something with that money, right? <laughs> they are. And, and isn't that putting my money at risk? Well, here's the nice thing. When, when you work with uh, 100-year-old companies, and, and all the companies that we work with are more than 100 years old, that means that they've been doing the same thing day in, day out, day in, day out for more than 100 years. In fact, one of the insurance companies that we work with has paid dividends for more than 100 years. So they're not putting any of the money at risk. So what they're doing is they are taking those premium dollars and they are taking those out and investing them in very, very conservative ways 
so it's not putting any of the money at risk. Bonds, things like that. Yeah, yeah. very simple uh, investments. Right, things that are pretty guaranteed. Cool. Yeah, guaranteed. That's right. And that's what that's one of the surprising things to people. It actually was really attractive to me um, because I back in my days when I was a principal, I remember a teacher came in. Uh, would have been in 2008, and she was ready to retire. Right. And then come the spring, when, when the market crashed, she couldn't retire. The 2008 meltdown. That's right. And and I didn't know about IBC at that time. But when I heard that story, I filed that away in my head, and I thought, I don't want my money at risk. I wonder if there's a way to do, you know, a place to put my money where I can benefit from it, and it's not at risk, like her money was. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also some regulations with life insurance, right? That, that kind of guarantees that um, they've got to have a certain number of reserves and those kinds of things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, in the banking industry, I'm going to start with the banking industry. The banking industry, when you put a dollar on deposit at the bank, so you're saving a dollar, they have the ability to loan out $10 that's called fractional reserve banking. So here's the deal. You and I put a dollar in and they're able to loan out 10. So the question that we always ask is, where did they get the $9 <laughs> to loan out? Well, they got it from thin air because the federal government, the federal reserve said that you guys can do this. Mm -hmm. If you get a dollar in, you can loan out 10. Now, you think about that from a customer's or a client standpoint, is their money at risk? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. There is so much stress on that money. That's why you hear about banks going down all the time. Mm -hmm. A life insurance company, on the other hand, is when you put a dollar in, they have to have a dollar set aside for death claims and the like, death claims, dividends, etc., etc. So there is absolutely zero stress on that money at all. So when a person, um, let's say that, that uh, Joe, we'll just take Joe as a name, let's right. say that Joe is issued a policy. At that point, day one, if he were to pass away, that company has to have the ability to pay that death claim, right? Yes, they do. Okay. And, and they've got to have, by law, they've got to have reserves. That's correct. Can you talk a little bit about that number, the, the amount of reserves, and then also um, really the companies that we work with and how safe they are? The average life insurance company is required by law to have at least 100% in reserves, 100%. So that means that you have to have 100% of the money set aside so if everybody dies on the same day, guess what? We can pay 100% of the death claims. Mm -hmm. Even in a catastrophic event. They Even in a catastrophic they event. They have to be prepared for that. That is correct. Yeah. But the companies that we work with have 600 plus percent in reserves. Mm -hmm. They have six times more than anybody else out there in order to make sure that there is absolutely zero stress on your money, plus the fact that they can actually uh, guarantee that they will honor the contract that they have made with you through whole life insurance. Yeah. It just came to mind a lot of times in, in what's out there in terms of financial um, conversations and stuff, the, the term diversification comes up. 
<laughs> and, um, and, and people will ask from time to time, they'll say, well, Chris, uh, don't you diversify? <laughs> and my way of thinking is, um, well, the reason that we diversify a lot of times is because there's risk. That's correct. But if there's no risk involved, is there a need to diversify? None. None. Zero. Nada. Now, if None. I have cash value, I can use that for a lot of different reasons, right? Absolutely. How, what are some of the ways that people utilize their cash value? Well, we, we show them how to take policy loans against their policy to pay off credit card debt, to pay off student loan debt, to pay off auto uh, loans, and even mortgages. Mm -hmm. So imagine if we were able to actually utilize a policy loan to get somebody debt free. How mm -hmm. simple would their life be? Okay, so one is turning the wind current that we've talked about in previous podcasts. That's correct. That's one. What are some other ways that people use their, their cash values? Well, uh, some of the sometimes what they do is they use them to go on vacation. Okay. They use them to pay for their kids' college. Mm -hmm. um, so living expenses. That's exactly right. So once you've paid off debt, you can then utilize it for what we talk about, uh, the second pillar, and that is financing your life. That's correct. Right? Uh, what about businesses, business opportunities? Well, uh, it's amazing when you have a pool of cash available, business opportunities find you. Hmm. So you'd have the freedom to be able to invest, so to speak, in another business, whether it be real estate or whatever you choose. Nelson talks about the golden rule in his book. What's yeah. that golden rule mean? <laughs> Those who have the gold make the rules. That's right. So, so there's opportunities for people, and we have clients like this, that they have started business opportunities utilizing their cash value in, uh, in their policies. They've taken loans to start businesses. They've used it for real estate. And let's just say somebody loves the stock market. They can go do that too. Couldn't they borrow from their policy, against their policy, yeah, that's take correct. a loan against their policy, and go invest it in this great stock that they heard about, they got a tip about? They've got the guaranteed growth from their policy, plus the death benefit, right? And yet they can still take a loan against their policy and go and invest it in this great tip that they got. Absolutely. So there's all kinds of ways that they can do it and, and limit their, um, their risk factor um, and, and actually be safe with their money as well. And have lots of flexibility with it. So. Well, Mike, thanks for uh, talking through that. Um, a lot of people wonder um, if it is sustainable, uh, if everyone started doing it. And clearly, as you've explained, it's very safe. Uh, life insurance companies are built for this kind of thing. Um, please join us uh, in future podcasts. Um, I'm Chris Bay, joined today by Mike Everett, the founder of uh, Life Success and Legacy. Check out our website by the same name, Life Success and Legacy. If you have not read Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, you can get a copy of that on our website. Uh, we highly recommend that you educate yourself uh, in reading that book and utilizing some of the other resources we have on our website.